Welcome back to This Pink Cloud. I am DJ Kelly Reverb, RSPS, and uh, we are a show on recovery. And, uh, you know, we're excited to have this guest on. He's uh, come a long way. Well, sitting in the studio with me is Mr. Josh Jordan and then Mr. Clark Ford over there, our uh, straight edge aficionado. But, (laughs) yeah, exactly. But, you hear hear that (laughs) voice. And that voice is the author, uh, first degree black belt of Taekwondo, uh, founding member of Hagfish, and the bass player of a little group called The Toadies, all the way from Los Angeles, uh, sobriety enthusiast, Mr. Donovan Blair. (laughs) How are you, bud? I'm doing great. I like sobriety enthusiasts. Yes. it's not it's not so like straight edge because we know when you were straight edge younger uh you know it was more of a hardcore movement so now you're just a sober enthusiast well yeah but i mean i mean obviously when when my brother and i sat he's in the band rise against who are very much straight edge proponents as well of the, the sober living lifestyle it's zach and i were just we we didn't know what straight edge was, but we had a friend of ours um, that had spent some time out in California that came back, and he'd gotten turned on to you know Minor Threat. He turned us on to Grillabits, on to all this great stuff. Right now, him. hey, real quick, is that is it Ian McKay, Ian McCaw? How do you say it? I've I think it's Ian McKay. Uh, okay, I, so it's I've neither of what I said. From my brother, yeah. <laughs> okay, I've gotten this from my brother. Who heard it from? Who knows? Guy. Who knows yeah. his mom? And uh, <laughs> it's, he didn't. Yeah. yeah, he. I guess they spent some time. I got with you. him. And Zach was like, "Okay, how am I saying? Am I saying your name correctly?" And he got <laughs> right. corrected the correct way. Okay, cool. But now my we know. And was this guy? He kind of came back and he asked what my brother and I did and all this stuff. They're like, "Oh, we just we don't drink or do drugs." He goes, "Oh, you guys are straight edge." We were like, "The hell is that?" And then he told us and played this minor threat. And then we looked at him and we're like, yep, we're that. <laughs> that that's, that's us, right? And you got the tattoo to prove well, it, right? Well, yeah, I do now. And it's like at that point, we basically, we had like a, you know, like a North Star to look to. Like instead of just being the two weird dipshits right. that didn't party or do anything. Now we had something to like, oh, shit, we're this. We're not just weird, you know, right. like that we don't want to get high or anything like that. You know, we're just, we have something to to be. We have like it was a first kind of like identity thing that we really had in our lives. And so it meant and means a lot to us. Right. I'm just not as it, it's my own personal thing. I mean, sure. Plenty of people in my band and then I'm, you know, my crew and all of that. They definitely imbibe. And I don't look down on anyone for doing any of that. Right. Whatsoever. Yeah. No, I. Ever. That's, 
I don't think that's right to do. That was never, that was one thing about a lot of it that I didn't that didn't really set too well with me. Mm-hmm. You know, right? Well, like well, people. you've got you've got you've got three uh, th- three uh, alcohol slash uh, a- alcoholic slash addicts here, like thinking. What is wrong with this guy, dude? <laughs> 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 you know, like we're like, uh, you know, I mean, that is that is a huge commitment, uh, you know, because you know you you were surrounded by that. I mean, like I said, you know, you were a founding member of Hagfish, so you know that that was nineties, <laughs> and and I mean, yeah. this is going on for your life, so that's like a commitment. It, it was just one of those, Zach and I, uh, my brother and I saw what happened like with our parents growing up. Now, our, our parents grew up as hippies in the drug culture, you right. know, and they did some drugs. My dad's got some great LSD slash Pink Floyd stories. Oh, dude, know? we and need to have your dad on the show. Well, he, he passed <laughs> away 30 oh, years ago, oh, but he whoops. he told me once he was going to a party in Oklahoma, uh-huh. and he had just dropped some acid, mm-hmm. and he pulled over because he saw the mountains doing the song and the faces. It was ma- The mountains were making faces. Of course. Doing the song off of Umaguma called uh, Millions of Small Furry Animals Gathered Together and Grooving in a Cave with a Pit. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, what happened? He goes, well... You know, I was there for like eight hours, missed the party, but had a great trip. (laughs) And I mean, I I think I have this, my my brother and I have this uh, theory that our mom and dad did so many drugs that it's just in our system and we don't need it. Right. We got high. You're just naturally. I was 16 Uh and it didn't do shit for me. I looked at my brother and we were like, it shouldn't do shit for us. We were raised around it. Right. You know, we were. Zach was going to get some cookies when he was five out of my parents' cupboard. And my mom had to scream and grab them out of his hand because they were pot cookies. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. <laughs> we were surrounded by it. Right. And we just didn't, it, it didn't have a big allure. It was one of those things that it just turned us off. We saw a lot of people sure. kind of losing their, is this legal blue? Can you curse on this, on this podcast today? Well, yeah, you can say whatever the okay. fuck you want. Well, just, we, we saw people losing their shit right. on it. And we saw our teenage friends just going batshit crazy. And yeah. I didn't I didn't want to do that. I mean, like, uh, the, the only advice my dad gave me when I was a teenager was like, look, you know, I know you two say you're not going to go drink or all that. But, and that's fine. He goes, but if you decide to, then um, eat a cheeseburger. It'll suck up all the alcohol. <laughs> Good advice. And that way you won't go around town and make me look like a fucking idiot. Right. Like, all right. <laughs> but kind of, that was the point. Right. Don't get drunk and make, and be an idiot. Yeah, just so, don't, don't have the police call me. Well, but also with our, with our family history, uh, there's alcoholism runs through our history um, mm. of our, you know, I mean, we, we come from... <clears throat> An Irish Indian background. Oh, you know, so. a little fire water and uh, Dude, and, po- on, yeah. and, po- and potato water. <laughs> but in the same sense, as I'm also not trying to disparage Irish or hey, you I'm, know, Native American. I'm I'm Irish. I'm fifty percent Irish and no disparage taken. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Yeah. But I also don't want to do that to you know my you know to any Native Americans yeah, because that's course. already a bad stigma. But I have seen it. 
I'm not. I'm not just saying that. I've seen it in my in my family. My grandfather was a horrible alcoholic, you know, and he was Cherokee Indian, and that's also because of his upbringing, the things that he saw, the things that, you know, um, that's the way he dealt with it. Right. He saw some horrible, horrible things. You're he sure? really did. So yeah. did my mom and my dad. I mean, they. They did whatever they could, and sometimes on the weekends they blew off steam with beer. Uh, yeah, so. well, when <laughs> when you're having genocide of your people, you know, I can uh, d- definitely see how that is, you know, some heavy yeah. history to deal with. Yeah, it is. And, yeah. And my grandfather had just a pretty riveting old school upbringing as a kid and just saw a lot of family members taken out right in front of his eyes. Oh, and, yeah. You know, it was, the, you know, the 20s and the 30s. Right. Know, shit wasn't, shit wasn't great. You yeah. Know? It was all grapes of wrath. And shit there, like there was, so, no, there was absolutely no PC going on. No, there yeah. wasn't. So I, I have nothing. I, I know, like, everyone dealt with everything, how they, they had, with the tools at their disposal at that point in time. But my brother and I saw this, we're like, I don't want any part of that shit. Right. So we're no. going to make a decision to not be like our. And I and I find I find that interesting that that somebody can actually do that. I mean, for us as addicts, we we just go, oh my god, you know, how could you do that? You know, um, <laughs> but, you know, but but I mean, the yeah. thing is, I want to point out the thing that that is like you know, you're the version of yourself. Um, because you know you didn't drink and all that stuff, so you know you're you're an author, and then you're also a first degree black belt in Taekwondo, and that doesn't happen yeah. when you're drinking and doing. Well, maybe maybe if you're Elvis, but uh, well, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I you know sometimes I think I would be a better author if I did drink because those <laughs> are my favorite ones. Right, because they're the you know, but. I think I kind of get caught up in my head too much, and I don't go along with it. Right. But, but the same point is, it's it was just more of a take control of our lives. Sure. Thing that we really wanted to, um, you know, that, and just seeing all of the the circumstances around us, it was like people um, they didn't control their surroundings, and so Zach and I made a conscious effort to control our surroundings right and we've dealt with so many people that we've truly 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 loved that we've almost lost them yeah well yeah and, and we've lost a few you know definitely sure. in the in the live music scene for sure well and i don't have the same experiences that you three guys have mm-hmm. and so it's i can't i can only talk about it from an outsider perspective of seeing that so it's one thing to be the outsider and looking at this stuff and going oh wow this is hurting me or seeing this without any kind of thought of what it's doing to that fucking person right you know what i mean the person that's going through it sure um one of our best friends on the planet is doing seven years now because he got caught up in drugs right and he went down a spiral and he's basically our brother mine and my brother's other brother ah um, gotcha but on the same on the same uh instance we've got um you know uh 
quite a few amazing friends that were able to pull themselves up out of the hole. Right. And just that joy of seeing them like, wow, where they were. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, you know, you guys know what I'm talking about to see where they were versus where they are now. Oh yeah. We have seen personally, you know, hundreds of thousands of, uh, you know, success stories. Um, but you know, also those, those failures out there, um, you know, and I, uh, it, it's, it's rewarding when you see somebody succeed, um, and it's rewarding when you see somebody trying to give that lifestyle, uh, you know, a chance. Yeah. I've yeah. actually, just, I've got a question, me... Donnie. Hey, this yeah. is Josh. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, this is Josh. Um, you were talking earlier about like your family and, and, um, and watching people like start down that path and, and that kind of being you and your brother's warning to to not or to try not to and and um you used the phrase you said people were just using the tools they had at their disposal to kind of reconcile what they had experienced in the past and you know there's a lot of thinking around like traumatic experience leads to addiction and i think in a large way that that's obviously true for many um but aside from maybe like the the big t's as the clinical field likes to call it um like we've all got what we all in this podcast have in common is is to some varying degree of intensity, like a level of unrest, right? I've always got to try and figure out how to get um, to be okay, right? Whether it's financial, emotional, whatever. Uh, so at some point, the only tool or the best tool I found was drugs and alcohol. And then something, you know, the relationship with that started changing, whereas you... Your response to that experience in life, right? Teenage years, young adult years, whatever that was. What are your, what are the tools you were using that weren't drugs and alcohol? Um, or music, are now? Yeah, still the same. Music, martial arts, those kinds of things. To uh, instead of um, if I'm having a bad day and I'm just really pissed off about something, I'm just been very stressed instead of. Pick, pick up some alcohol or something like that or a bottle of Jack or whatever. Um, I like to do, uh, I like to do, uh, I apologize, someone was just talking to me. Um, it's okay. I like to do uh, martial arts and go do uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Right. Um, I'm never the same person. Are you going. an MMA guy, dude? No, 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 I'm not. Okay. Well, you I said Jiu-Jitsu and then you said Taekwondo and I'm like, dude. That's MMA. Dude, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I have a lot of respect for the MMA guys. Yeah, of But course. I don't, but that's not what I do. I just, I'm never the same person walking out of a jujitsu class mm-hmm. that I am walking into the class. Does that right. make sense? You, le- you, you leave it on the mat. I do. You le- no, you leave, it, you leave it in the dojo. Pretty much, I do, right. and that's kind of what it's there for. I I'd, I'd be willing to bet that, that or... you're still not a kind of guy that you'd want to meet in a dark alley, though. <laughs> oh, no, no. And that's the other thing that I think so many people have the misconception about why a lot of people do that, those different disciplines, is we, I'm gonna, and I'm only going to speak for myself, I can only speak for myself, but the majority of people that I know, um, we do that stuff so we don't get into fights. You right. train your ass off. Um, and it doesn't make sense to a lot of people, but we train very hard, so we have the ability in our minds to go, "Nah, I'm not going to get in this fight." Well, and they kind of the they thing. call it a, they call it a discipline for a reason, right? Yes, 
Right. Yeah. So. Well, but it's the same thing of I've trained to have that discipline to like, wow, I'm having a shitty day. I don't want to, you know, up in this bottle of Jack, you know, right. it, it, the, the discipline runs throughout and it's kind of, it's a daily, it's a daily exercise. Sure. You know, it's not easy to right. do. Uh, I would love sometimes to just like, oh God, I'm just going to have a shot. Yeah. You know? But I worry about, you know, some family history and right. other things of that nature. Well, and, and I, like, I right, think that's well, huge because like I, it's, it's something that we talk about all the time is vigilance. So being aware that you actually could potentially have an issue uh, because of your family history, uh, you know, plays a huge part in mine and it sounds like in yours. Yeah, I'm sorry to say the last part again. Uh, no, I said as far as as it, it it being a part of your family history, um, you know, and that that is a part of your vigilance is what I was talking about. Yeah, it's that's what I'm, and I think both of us, my brother and I are both trying that we right. do this. Is it's um, it's just. Um, it's, it's not easy to do. Right. Yeah. You know, that's well, very easy. I've got a fun question for you. Yeah. So who is uh who is your favorite bass player? Who is like maybe one of oh, your your influences? God. There we go. Get get, get the recovery question. stuff out of the way. That's let's not talk a good fun stuff. At all, man. That's a hard question. <laughs> well, let's see. That's okay. Um, Let like okay, just say top five, or or oh, top fuck. top ten top ten. And don't obviously Cliff Burton's in there. Okay. And Betty Lee. Cliff them all. And, and you know you're a wrestler. Okay. From uh, Black Flag. Okay. And uh, oh god, John Entwistle, John ah. Jones, okay. Jocko Pistorius. Ah, uh, yeah. Paul Alvarez. Right. My friend from uh, Descendants and one of my heroes. Okay. I've learned so much from him. Right. Um, it's it kind of changed. There's there's so many. It sounds one. like whoever you're listening to that day. <laughs> no, it's not like, no. But there's just but different, there's just different aspects you find amazing. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Like, I, I don't play anywhere near Jacob stories. Right. Like but his aesthetic, his right hand technique informs my style. You would never think of it. Similar to that guy's inspired by Jacopo Suarez in fucking way. <laughs> right. But how I play with my fingers and stuff is 100% Jocko. Right. You know, it's, he has, uh, his idea was like, it's in your hands. If it's not in your hands, then you don't need it. Right. And I've always felt that's the biggest thing about being a, you know, a playing a bass or a guitar. It's there. You don't need a, sure. oh, I gotta have this great guitar. Oh, I gotta have this great you know all these, all this shit I right. gotta do. Like, well, no. Dude, can you? you can I like how you also said something about Getty Lee. Uh, you know, and fun story about Getty Lee. He doesn't really write any of the lyrics for Rush. Did you know that? He never did. Yeah, yeah. it was all Neil. Yeah. Uh, Getty and Alex wrote all of the music. Mm -hmm. Neil was the lyrics guy, so they yeah. would go and work on music all day long. Sure. He would write lyrics at night. They would get together and show, like, hey, this is what we got. What do you got? Like, right. Oh, I got this. And <laughs> and that's I, how they wrote all their I'm, records. And I'm going to sing Obnoxiously High. <laughs> yeah. yeah <it's, laughs> no, 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 no. I mean high-pitched. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> people, people clown Ged, but. <laughs> right. Hey, dude, we love my, him. We love him. My wife can't take it. It's 
but for me it's like as a kid mm -hmm. you know what and that's one thing i mean like your question about what do i do to get past a lot of the shit like even in high school i got made fun of all the time long hair my brother and i we got in a lot of fights with kids so being from school and being alone yeah you're a shirt like you're a sherman boy right yeah. There you go. And feeling like a nerd and just like an outcast. Like I had my brother. He was my soul. You know, he and I were in this together. Like he's the only person on this planet that gets this. Right. So I had him to talk to, but also Rush. I would listen to Rush and feel better. There you go. You know what dude. I mean? Yeah. That was one of the things that I could that i could listen to them and i felt so much fucking better sometimes really sometimes did. you just gotta bask in that limelight oh, oh the, wow. the, univer <laughs> wow. the universal dream you just went there <laughs> it's still a bomb like if i'm just feeling bad i just put on the signals record and then there by you the go. end of it i'm done i'm good Love it. after that i am fantastic right you know so you're, you're oh go ahead no, no, go ahead. I was going to say, so yeah, you, uh, but you're also, I wanted to get to this, you're also an author, uh, amongst other things, and you have a book called, go ahead. Oh, even <laughs> if it kills me. Sorry. <laughs> even if it kills me. That was your That was your cue, man. <laughs> hey, I'm shitty at cues. <laughs> I follow the drummer. It's I all... follow the drummer. You know? <laughs> there you go. But so it's called Even If It Kills Me. Why don't you tell the people maybe a little bit of what it's about or what to expect in that book and maybe where to, uh, you know, where it's available and stuff like that? Well, it's um, it was just kind of about... Um, the band, we had a, uh, a year off. We were going to take a year off from touring and recording. And I kind of thought, well, I'm going to go back and try and get my black belt in Taekwondo. Um, I started it as a kid. My brother and I both did. Then we found guitars. So we were like, well, screw this, you know, Taekwondo thing. We're going to, we don't want to be ninjas anymore. We want to be rock stars. You know? First <laughs> right? ninjas, then sure. rock stars. Um, and I don't know if we necessarily traded up. I, I don't know what we did there. But, <laughs> right. Um, so the band had time off and I was thinking like, well, I want to do something with this time, something constructive. Right. And so I went back and started Taekwondo and I was, you know, 41 and I felt like Kramer on Seinfeld when he was doing karate with the little kids. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. Felt. Right. Karate, but Jerry. It was, karate. It was a long, two, yeah. It was it was a long two and a half to three years of just wear and tear. But that was the well, whole yeah. Thing and was, and you're hanging out in Amarillo, Texas. No offense, I love Amarillo, but it is a little bit uh, slower it, than uh, it, it than it your is, major city. Yeah. At the point when I moved there, I didn't see it for what it was and i was it's a it's I, a rest stop on the way to colorado dude <laughs> well and it's but now it's become something different to me at that yeah. point i was under this illusion like oh i want to go back to dallas where it's cool and this scene right Fuck that. right you know right. i yeah. had to get older and like what scene hanging out with people and doing all this dumb shit like versus being in a smaller town where I can actually afford a fucking house and have a good oh, yeah. life. Hey, that helps. Yeah. Right. People that I can have good conversation with. Uh -huh, yeah. Actually, life has been better for me once we moved there than it was when we lived in Dallas. Right. You know? Right. It's crazy. So that regardless, though, it was just um, 
it, it was it was really long and I had felt so proud when I got it, when I got that black doll. And then I started writing about it as well. Like immediately mm -hmm. I started writing a diary thinking, I'm never gonna get this chance again. I might as well start writing while it's all fresh mm -hmm. and see where this takes me. We'll see what happens here, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I eventually, I put a bunch of stuff together. I started doing some articles for this magazine, Taekwondo Times. Okay. And um, I put some of those together and came up with like a press thing, uh, kind of like just a, a quick manuscript that I sent to uh, a publisher, YMAA, just a martial arts publisher with my idea. And um, they liked it. And um, they agreed to publish my book. And that experience was exhausting. Oh, yeah, writing, actually writing a book? Yeah. Oh, my God. It was so exhausting. It really was. It was the hardest that, thing I've ever done. That was tough, tougher than getting your black belt, huh? It really was. Yeah. It totally was. To relive a lot of these things and to dig deep. Sure. And to go really deep, to go dark, to go and, and to figure out these things. Right. You know, it was really hard. Mm -hmm. It's really, really, really hard. I'm glad I got through it. And I'm yeah. due to write another one. Is it an audio book as well? No, we didn't okay. do an audio. Well, I want you to do an audio book, dude, so lazy people like me can listen to it while they're driving. I do as well. <laughs> and I think I'm going to speak to someone. I'm going to try and figure out how I can get that done. Right. Um, but it's... Um, but anyone can get it on. Sorry, I'm in Los Angeles. Hey, no, oh, it's it's cool. Hey, real quick, just so the just yeah. so the audience knows, um, you're actually on the road. You're actually calling in from L.A. right now. Are y'all playing? Where are yes. you playing tonight? El Rey or where are you? El Rey Theater. Okay. El yeah, Rey Theater. Yeah. So, so you're and the Reverend Horton Key oh. and Dracula's. Oh, nice! And I like it. It's, uh, I love the I love the local the local boy flavor with uh, the Horton Heat, dude. I love it. We're taking Texas to everyone else, whether they want it or not. You know? <laughs> well, y'all are y'all are actually y'all are actually selling out shows, right? We are. There are a good amount of these shows yeah. that did sell out or are sold out or close to, advance. yeah. Right. Yeah, and by the time we get there, they are sold out. I mean, that's amazing <laughs> though to think that you know something still generates interest. Uh, 20 plus years later is is amazing. It's, People don't realize yeah. how tough it is to a get famous or to have a hit record, and then in yeah. order to have that longevity, uh, you know, it's it's literally a million to one well, shot. It's a testament to the band's work. I right, mean, they came up with a a fucking classic record. You right, know, I'm glad I get to play it every night. I bought it the same as everyone else. Sure. You know? so, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, we were, we, we, yeah, and that was Rubberneck, and we were talking, and we can talk about that just a little bit. But you used to come in when you were in Hagfish. I worked at Bill's Records, and so you were in there, like either probably like with a stack of Hagfish CDs, and uh, you know, I'm actually answering the phone. And uh, exactly. so we were kind of in the same orbit. But then we also have a mutual friend. Uh, to you, he's a bandmate. Um, but yeah. uh, the, Clark. Uh, Clark Vogler. Clark, Clark and Vogler. Clark Vogie Vogue. America's sweetheart, Clark Vogler. <laughs> there you go. Well, funny story about Clark. Um, you know, we were friends. Uh, God, I guess we were besties probably from about 18 to about 25. 
uh, you yeah. know, in that window period um, of where, you know, he started off with Funland, or he started off with Melt, and then became Funland, and then, you know, later ended up joining the Toadies. But we had, Clark and I had a mute. Clark and I had a mutual friend uh, who happened to be a girl, right? And she yeah. would she would call him, get this, Warkles. Warkles was nice. his nickname. So Weird. what I, what I want you what I want you to do is if you can like just maybe randomly on stage when Vaden when Vaden goes to go hey ladies and gentlemen Mr Clark Vogler on guitar then you just walk up to the mic and go. You just go. You just go. No, don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, that's gonna be a hard. No, no, but just go. Just go up and just say Warkles. We'll we'll see. I'll have to work on that. That might be a hard task. No, but But uh, yeah, but he was a good friend of mine, and then that's how he put me in touch with you. Good dude. Well, you know what? It was great having him um, as. because obviously I knew Rez. I didn't know Vaden as much. Mm-hmm. He and my brother had been, um, Zach had been the Burden Brothers with him, but having Clark there, it was like, oh, okay, all right, I can figure this out. Right. You know, and just be able to talk to him about stuff and things. And it's, but yeah, the fact that people are coming to see us, it's just uh, what, yeah. you know, Vaden and Rez did with that record. And it's just everything since then, because it's not. We're seeing people come up with their kids. We're seeing people come in uh, and they know the stuff that we just released as well as they know that. Right. And they're excited about new stuff as well. So it's just kind of very rewarding. Right. And y'all are still, y'all are still writing. Would do y'all have a, do the toadies have a new album coming out or, or. Um, yes, it'll be next year. We're all working on it right now. We're figuring out who we're going to go with. We're talking. We're, okay. just, we're trying to figure that part out. Getting that song list. So, it. well, for Toadies fans out there, uh, what, like, do we have a window or just next year? Yeah, next year. Next yeah, year. It's a big much. window. Bit, every night at, on the shows, we're playing new songs. So oh, okay. That's great. That. So, yeah, new songs that haven't long. been released then. Exactly. Yeah. Got it. I like too. I like it. So it's a little trial by fire then. Exactly. To see what it. works and what doesn't work. You know, it's well, been awesome. Well, so you got. I know you. You know, you got to keep it short. I know your gear. What got rained on yeah. and where? Where was it? Our only outdoor show. Which was <laughs> where was where was that? Uh, Amarillo. Oh. Amarillo. We played. Yeah. And it it rarely rains at this time of year, and especially like. It rained specifically on the stage. Oh, <laughs> on just on you, our, you know, on your base, on your base, and on your base stack. <laughs> yep, all of it. Just, I've got so a question for you, do. Donnie. This is Clark. Yeah. So okay. I was listening to a podcast by Chris Shiflett called Walking the Floor, where his guest was Steve Caballero. And one of the things that Steve said was, you know, you know there's, there's a lot of talk about trying drugs for the first time. And they're, you know, oh, I'm going to try to hope I don't go on a bad trip. And one of the things that that Steve Caballero said was, you know, I wasn't worried about having taking drugs and not liking it. I was worried about taking drugs and liking it, having a good trip and and wanting to do more. Did you find I'm just going off the story you told about your parents. Did you did you ever find that that was sort of the case for you? Oh, basically, yeah, because we saw everyone kind of going off the rails and losing their shit on them. So I think 
there's definitely that fear of, especially with the family history yeah. of going, uh-oh, what if, you know, what if we become Jimi Hendrix <laughs> drug users? And we're just like maestros, right. you know? He'd be, an, he'd be an amazing musician. He'd be an amazing musician and dead at 27. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Much. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, it was, no, but there I, is yeah. that fear. There is that fear. That's a good question. But it's, um, that was a fear as well. And not having enough, um, resistance or control. Like once it started to say no, you know what I mean? And hopefully like the fear of that, take over you know right. so it's kind of best not to just not to even turn down that street right you know? so there's that but i do got to say that if you do get the pleasure to meet chris shifflett do it he's one of the sweetest people on the planet oh man they they played a show here at uh what was the what was that what's that place over in bishop arts the the big white building oh kessler the Kessler. They yeah. were playing yeah. a show at the yeah. Kessler, and a couple of bu- I couldn't make it. A couple of buddies of mine uh, went, and my my buddy Corey met him, and just said he was just the coolest, ah. most down to earth guy you've ever met. I've known him for a long time, mm. and nothing has faced him. He's just the sweetest human. He's real. He's a real good person, and he's um, an incredibly talented person as well. Man. Right on. He really, is. if if you ever get the that opportunity to uh, do it. You, I mean, you, you couldn't ask for a better human being right on. to spend some time with. I guarantee you. You know. Sorry, I got off on a tangent, uh, but I just hey, I love Chris. He's a great guy. No, it's okay. <laughs> Shout out Chris. Yeah. Hey, anything anything you want to uh, plug or say to the fans? Uh, I mean, besides having your fans subscribe to this podcast, uh, you know, you can go to thispinkcloud.com and uh, hit subscribe. But any any shout-outs or plugs you want to give? Come out and see us if you want. And I think what you guys are doing is fantastic for people to listen to and talk about and having a, a forum to hear for reinforcement. Right. Because I think, I guarantee that's what a lot of people, they could be, you know. Well, we um, like to think of it a, a spot, as inf- you know? infotainment. You know? Yes, but I also think it's it's great for people to listen to. Like I said, like they could be kind of um, at a crossroads, and who knows what's going to happen. Right. Um, if they get to listen to one of your podcasts, then it sure. helps them out of sure. a bad spot. You know, much like it's helped a lot of people that um, that I know and that could have used it. Right. So hopefully, it'll help some other people get out of that bad spot and put them on a good path. You know, that's that is what we are here for. And one of, one of our many one of our many purposes of doing the show. So, well, thank you guys for having me. I yeah, really yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate you coming on. And then talk. next next time, ne- next time you're in town, will you come in and uh, we can try to get you in studio? Oh, totally. Yeah. Because yeah. I'd love know. to have you sit we'll in and we can call wow. we can call uh, we can call or have in one of your friends and you can bring your own guest on the show. I would love that. I will talk to. I've got quite a few that would probably love to be on this. Well, so yeah, definitely, and send them my way. And then when you I will. when you have a when you have time for you know little old this pink cloud, <laughs> please. Thank uh, you guys yeah. so much. Thanks again, man. And go go to Thank Guitar you. Center and get your new gear. <laughs> no kidding. All right, Y'all brother. Have okay, All have right. a good Thank one. Thanks, so Donnie. I appreciate it. See you guys. All right, Bye-bye. dude. See ya.
All right, cool. But, uh, you know, I appreciate him sticking around and, uh, you know, making that happen for us. Obviously, we want to hit our sponsor real quick, which is the uh, the personal injury attorneys, uh, Lone Star Injury Attorneys, and they are out of Houston, Texas. But uh, if you hit up www.thispinklawyer.com, it will take you to their URL. Ask for Max and uh, tell him I sent you. Uh, good dude. He will listen and help you out. And obviously, please subscribe. And uh, hopefully we fix all this in editing. <laughs> 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 but uh, thank you guys for coming out. I appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, rolling with the uh, the showbiz that is, uh, is the show. So um, thanks for coming out. And uh, any plugs for anybody? Uh, you probably want to shout out to your wife, Clark. I always want to shout out to my wife, Rachel. You're the best. I love you. Mm, there we go. Good one. And I'll have a wife on November seventh. All right. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You have. She's <laughs> pretty cool too. Man. <laughs> you, you <laughs> I enjoy oh, yeah, her a lot. You had a child out of wedlock. Yeah. You have been excommunicated. Uh, no, no, but uh, sinful. But, uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. And hey, Fitz, thanks for thanks for figuring that out, dude. We had to do some uh, technical work on the fly, so I'm we appreciate impressed. you and appreciate uh, Hello Studios hosting us. Um, and uh, that's all I got. So uh, remember, kids, there is no magic pill for sobriety because if there was, we would all take too many. <laughs> <laughs>